Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hey, Major Lucas, it's good to be down here. I see that you have not done anything about the smell since the last time I was here. What no, I fuck? added some more smell. What the f- you went to the store, bought more smell. I bought in your some trunk. Uh, bird poop, some uh, some mm. gerbil poop, and mm. there's probably a little human poop. I and think you do some this. Cheese. You do this on purpose, especially you add the cheese at the end for yeah. no reason whatsoever. That's overkill. You do this on purpose so I don't overstay my welcome yeah. down here in we, the basement. I stay for just the right amount of time. Letterman Let's, keeps his studio nice and cool. I keep it nice and stinky. <laughs> That's right. That's the deal with the basement. So uh, I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to be down here. What's uh, your mom fixing the snack? Has she got any graham crackers? Uh, flapjacks. She's working on some flapjacks. It's not really a snack. That's more of a meal. I'm yeah. more in the mood for a snack. Just a snack. Yeah. Okay, she'll cut the flapjacks in the hand. Mom! <laughs> Mom, more flapjacks! Does no! Any, does anybody say flapjacks anymore? Is that. You sound it, like a Canadian hillbilly. It, when it, you say it, that. It's a great word. I love yeah. flapjacks. <laughs> hey, you know, Luigi's in the news now. Yeah. Have you been uh, hearing lots of Luigi buzz? Is he whispering in your ears? Well, Pay attention to me. I'm a Luigi. Well, Nintendo is calling this now the year. 2013 is the year of Luigi. Right. We just, both of us just got a press release here. Yep. That uh, it says basically after decades of playing second hold fiddle. Hold on, hold on. Let's start again. Oh, I thought you fell asleep there. No, no, come on, ready to go. After decades of playing second fiddle to the number one video game hero, Luigi is getting some love from Nintendo. Nintendo has named 2013 the year of Luigi thanks to the numerous appearances that Mario's timid, green-clad twin brother will be. Who writes this stuff? Will be making in games this year. Uh, apparently, this is a Nintendo Direct video. Did you watch this video? I did. Yeah, what did you, were you entertained? Um, I'm entertained by the gameplay. It can anybody like, watch this? Does it have to? You have to be a big, big wheel like you. No, it's, everybody can watch it. They they download it to their machines. Okay. They, they have it on the uh, on their website, and everybody they have it on YouTube. Everybody's posting it. When everywhere. you say machines, do you mean like a toaster? No, I mean no. I mean, they're, Nintendo should make a toaster. I would eat Nintendo toast. Nintendo toast. Nintendo toast. Nintendo. That sounds good. <laughs> that actually does. Yeah. There's a free idea for you. So there's a shit ton of Luigi uh, in all of Nintendo's games this yeah. year. I mean, I don't know. Who wants who wants it to be the year of Luigi? Luigi? <laughs> He's not real. He's a character. <laughs> Luigi's mansion. No, I'll tell you who wants it to be Dark the year Moon. of Luigi. Next Level Games, who have been working their butts off on uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Which looks fun. I, I like the first Luigi's uh, Mansion cares? game, but it was like a tech tech demo for the GameCube who back cares? then. Who cares? Especially coming off of uh, you know Sunshine and what you could do with all of the the cool powers of the water pack. Uh, but <laughs> releasing a sequel to Luigi's Mansion is that's that's the most obscure thing in Nintendo's catalog. Where can, they can't go any lower than that. They, that's it, the bottom. It, it is. It, I mean, honestly, when you look at the catalog, it's like they they have. They have a robust catalog, but they they just they keep filling their franchises with sequels over and over. I cannot believe that we're getting another Mario and Luigi RPG game again this year. Is this year. A, another one of these paper games? Do I have to collect stickers? I think this one's different. It's a great I franchise. I love these games, but you're uh, Luigi's dreaming, and and Mario jumps into Luigi's dreams, and and you interact with Luigi's face on the bottom screen, like you're, you're poking and pushing his mustache like I was doing uh, to you a couple weeks ago before you shaved. And, uh, and then it, it affects the gameplay on the top screen. I mean, I know it's gonna be fun. 
Oh, Here, here's my thing with the with the Nintendo Direct video today, okay? The video footage of the games looks cool. I'm really excited about this Lego City Underground. Yeah, I, I, might, I might be the only one, but I think this idea of merging Lego and Grand Theft Auto was brilliant. Uh, but, um, and the games look great, but I, I find it a little uh, incredulous or a little... Uh, it's a little hard to believe that they've got uh, Iwata-san, who I love. He's fantastic. I love his speeches at GDC and and uh, sort of when he's speaking to the industry and to I the just crowd. farted. Did you hear that? I did, yeah. Uh, it was very disrespectful. Just adding to the smell down here. But, uh, no, I, I love him, but I feel like he's the wrong voice for gamers, you know? Like, he represents the company and the development work and the, and the you know, the efforts of Nintendo well. But when it comes to, like, speaking to gamers and getting people excited about the video games that Nintendo is working on, I feel like he's the wrong host for something like that. You know, I, if I was producing these, I would talk to Nintendo and say, not that you'd want to over-cheeseball it, but you want somebody that really is playing this stuff and is like a super gamer. And I think of like Bill Trinan would be fantastic for, to, and he's in these things, but he should be like, there's, they should pick different faces to represent the company. All right, maybe. Nintendo's got a lot of problems these days and who talks about or who describes their Nintendo Direct or who hosts their Nintendo Direct fan press conference is probably the least of their problems. It's important because that, I mean, he, he you know, and I, I think Just Reggie's, make good games and no one will care who's hosting the press They conference. do. That's the problem. They're making good games and they're rep misrepresenting them with some of the choices that they're making. They're making them too, uh, you know, stiff and corporate and they sh it should be fun and relaxed. And this was the first Nintendo Direct that Shigeru Miyamoto has been in. And they've been running these little video pieces for a while. I couldn't believe that when I heard that. Shigeru Miyamoto... Everybody in the world loves this guy. He should be he should be the host. I mean, he's the guy. He knows games. Vic, he builds them. He loves them. He's very busy. He's very busy. But He's in know. his garden. He's upending tea tables. He's got a lot to do. <laughs> I mean, if I was running that thing, that's exactly what I would do. Shigeru Miyamoto, you, you get to wear Luigi's hat in this one. You tell us about this game. All right. So you there's know, a lot you of... Take us into this world. Well, maybe I'm bitter about this Luigi stuff because I realize that I am your Luigi, that I will never be a Mario in this life. Maybe you know in what? my next life. And you know what? You that, know what? That's a hard cold Mario needs to Luigi. Accept. I need you, baby. It's the right. way it works. All right? Batman if needs you, his Robin. If you try to touch me right now, I, I I'm out of here. No, I won't touch I'm you. I'm double parked. But I will I, turn the light off, and I will get no, a little bit closer. Leave all, I'm putting more lights on now down here in the basement. I do <laughs> no, not want to be alone with you. Are you excited about these games? Are you excited to see the new downloadable uh, Luigi U content for uh, no. Mario and Luigi U? No. No? Because I'm a reasonable man with, a, with somewhat what of a social What about Donkey life. Kong Returns 3D? On the 3DS. I don't so know. So the, Wii, Maybe, the sure. Wii game, but now it's been ported to the 3DS. You know me, I got to see it. What's the point of spending all my energy and time getting excited for something? Just show it to me. So you're, you're not a preview guy. I'm not. We're you're not, an interview guy. I'm an interview guy. And you're a re review guy. You like to see yeah. the finished thing. Now, yeah. you just went on an event that's not Nintendo related. No, and I can't really name what event it was. But basically, I went somewhere. <laughs> I went away for a couple days. I'm sitting here. And I pulled this uh, this receipt out of my pocket. It is from, uh, it's for a grilled cheese that I had at the airport last night. And yeah. I, I thought I was going to get sick on the way back. How much was that grilled cheese? Seven dollars and seventy five cents. You, you can't expense that. You can you can expense. I'm totally expensing no, it. No, you can expense four dollars of that. Your mom, that's that. We only pay four bucks for grilled cheese. Your mom does the books. I'm just that's why I brought my receipts over. <laughs> I'm going to leave the receipts with Let's, her. Tell us about this event. That I can't, you can't really tell talk us about, about it because okay. I signed sixty two different NDAs what? and embargoes. 
what kind of cool uh, video game footage and, and uh, great demo uh, of this of this game stuff did you get to see? While they you didn't there? show us anything. I'll be able to talk about it in a couple of days, but right now I still have to th leave things a little vague. So I'd like to talk about the hotel I stayed in. Oh, how was the hotel? Well, it had one of these low-flow toilets. Are you familiar with these things? No, what's up with that? Well, a low-flow toilet basically uses about one-third the water that oh, a normal it's, toilet would it's, use. It's like the pee uh, sort of uh, Yeah, you don't know. How do the, you not know pee, what a low... The, you're the into the environment. Strength. You like the green movement. No, you I don't know I what mean, a low-flow toilet if you is. But if you hold the flusher thing down for Maybe a longer more time, water you get more out. power, right? But basically, when you lift the lid, yeah. usually... The old, the old fashioned toilets. It would be like a lagoon. Yeah. Like it would be this huge, vast body of water that right. you could deposit your yeah. things in. Right. And so, with a low flow toilet, you lift the seat and you look in, and it's just it's like a puddle after like in the desert. Right. From somebody spilling their water bottle. It's so like a scene that. from Rango. It's like Rango, right? right. It's like okay. the dried out parched scenes from Rango in, the, yeah. in this toilet. Okay, so you're a little bit nervous to uh, yes. deposit your... Yes, Ben uh, your... Silverman and I always talk about our, our deposits when we travel. Ben oh, you Sil saw Ben there. I saw Ben on the trip too. Can you tell us about Ben? Well, I'm still talking about the low okay. flow toilet. All right, tell us about the toilet some more. So I get up in the morning and I have to be downstairs at 9.15 to meet up with the group so they can take us to the secret location to, to, to show, show us, you all the cool gameplay. show us nothing, like, basically. Oh, okay. So I have my moment okay. where I'm resting in the bathroom. Okay. You're at, are we actually at the point in the Vic's Basement podcast where you talk about taking a shit now? Or are we? Did we get to this? I just said resting. I don't know what you do in there. Uh, like literally, we are gonna like record this. Okay, tell us about your shit. So it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And so is there I tried is there use... an FCC for podcast? Like, is someone no, gonna? There's like, no one. We can do whatever gonna, we want. Who's gonna stop us? So anyway, I All can't right. leave. This is a low-flow toilet, so yeah. obviously there's a long runway leading down to the pool. I can't go on. Oh, come this. on. What's happening? It wouldn't go Ta down, basically. All right. Okay, move on from this. It wouldn't go what? down. Okay. So low-flow, not doing the job for It you. didn't do the job, and I kept trying to flush and flush and so flush, and what I does couldn't that mean? leave the room Does it like mean the, that? the best call to the front desk you've ever made in real life? <laughs> no. That's another story for another time. <laughs> I need someone to come up with a bucket of water to help me out here. But so I, what I did is I built a kind of, I, I can't tell the rest okay, of this. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, let's t tell us about Ben Silverman. How's he doing? Well, I didn't know he was going to be at this event. He's so, a very funny man. So he is very funny. You know, he's funny on the show, but I'm, I got to tell you, if you ever get the chance to spend time with Ben Silverman in real life, take yeah. it. Yes. That, Do not that goes to everybody yourself, listening man. to this, which is your mom. Yeah. And my mom will listen later right now. She's cooking flapjacks. Oh, my God. All You know, we went to this event and it was a series of presentations, basically. It was like yeah. being back in community college for both of us. Right. We, we both barely graduated from How'd community you do? college. How'd you do? I didn't do, the, I didn't do well. Because you, you were throwing spitballs. Bees you were the seas. class clowns. Well, we were giggling in the back. Yeah, like, that's all were. we were doing. I was drawing, like, penises on little post-it notes. Right. And then I'd pass it over to him right. and he would giggle. And then he'd draw some hair on the ball area and <laughs> pass it back to me. And then I would giggle. <laughs> these, and I kept waiting these for These are the crack journalists we work with folks I kept well if what they were showing us was compelling I wouldn't be drawing dinks and he wouldn't be drawing hair on the yeah, dink. yeah that's true so he passes it back and we're giggling in the back of this auditorium at this uh, publisher or at this developer did the developer say 
you two? Do you have something to share <laughs> with the class? I kept waiting for that. Yeah. I kept waiting for that moment. Uh, you know, that reminds and did me. Did they call you up to draw your dinks up on the, <laughs> on the whiteboards of their conference room? We both had to go sit in the corner and play their old <laughs> games, their old worst reviewed <laughs> games ever. No, I kept waiting for us to get yelled at. I'm like, oh man, we're being rude. But I'm telling you, if what they were showing us was, was more interesting, and again, we'll be able to talk about it soon. Well, I, I think. We should wrap up the story with just a, you know, like your thoughts on uh, for future publishers or for PR companies that are working on events or tours or, or flying people in. Don't fly me somewhere and give me nothing. Right. I mean, and that's the message. And I kept thinking about how this industry and if there are any game writers or media members out there listening to this, how we're spoon fed stuff in this industry, unlike any other medium on True, the planet. Right. We're treated like children, we're treated like sheep, we're ushered into rooms, they give us t-shirts and they, they give us no information, they send us away and we have to write stories or we have to shoot stories, in our case, based on nothing. It's, you know, and it does seem a little uh, counterintuitive because what happens is there's a preponderance of the exact same story and that's, the exact same the assets and the exact same information coming to market you, at the exact same time. And that's, that's the other thing. You're exactly right. Because what they do is they give us all the same information. So yeah. like 50 monkeys, and there were about 50 of us at this event, Yeah. 50 monkeys on 50 typewriters for 50 years. We go back to our rooms and we pound out this story. We write this story. We try to cobble together this story. And you're right. It's the same fucking story. So if you open up a series of websites based around video game content and you see the same story from site to site, yeah. that's why it fucking happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that... that I think that there, PR exists like that in a whole bunch of different industries, but I think there needs to be a little bit more effort to, uh, uh, you know, be more clever with this stuff. Find new ways in and find new ways to tell some of these stories, man. It's it's uh, it's disconcerting, you know. And frankly, that's one of the reasons why EP really hasn't been a an exclusive chaser. You know, we haven't really fought tooth and nail with other outlets out there to try to get the first scoop on every single thing that's out there because it just feels uh, like this information is just so sort of orchestrated and it's just yeah. so set out to to kind of hit these these notes that the that the PR teams and the PR machines are trying to kind of kind of play and so, I think what's more interesting the way that we we cover stuff is that we we get the people we get we talk to the people and find out you know what's driving them what's their passion about all this stuff and it's not like you weren't even able to do that so on this trip. yeah at the very end of the day they call uh, an suv like a giant car like the same car that tony soprano drives on the sopranos yeah they cram a bunch of us into this car and we're all in the car and we all look at each other as we're speeding to the airport and we ha all have this expression on our face that we just got served. Yeah. You know that expression? Yeah. You just got served, It's like son. you just did jury duty. It is like that. Like I went there, I put in my time, I got my art assets, but I have no information that 49 right. other people don't have right. at the same time. So you didn't play anything. I didn't play anything. They didn't, didn't show didn't, you didn't video game anything. footage. They didn't show you pre-rendered art. They all didn't did. give you a, a, a sort of a spec of what this thing is going to look like when it's done. No. I got so you have no idea. So this basically is like two dudes sitting in a room talking about 
what kind of game they would like to make. Yeah, we could, we could, I could have speculated about this game and stayed home and not. Right. You know, I, I, I spent the night in a hotel room with a low flow toilet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I ordered room service. There was a hair, I don't know if it was a pubic hair. Right. In my food. Right. Did you have to pay for that? I called down to complain. They took it off my bill. They, oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I have no problem complaining. Right. I love complaining. I'm from New York. Right. I'll complain. Okay. If I feel like something's not right with the service. Did you call in the morning and say, and you have a low flow toilet? And by the way, I left you your tip in the low flow <laughs> toilet. Oh, you're bastard. No, I got it down. It's, it doesn't matter how it got down. All right, let's talk about something that's exciting that's been uh, released that uh, the PR machine probably didn't want released. And uh, actually, they probably did. They probably leaked it. What? It's the PlayStation 4 uh, prototype controller. Okay. I, with, again, with the, I have a hard time getting excited for this stuff. Why? Why are you excited about? I'm this? excited because it's coming. I'm excited because yeah, we're we you know were excited for the Wii U and look how that turned out. No, listen, the Wii U's still cool. We just haven't got the new software that's getting us all jazzed yet. We haven't yet. got anything for it I to know. get us all jazzed yet. I know it'll come though. There'll are be you some sure? Good, there'll be some all good right. stuff coming. Okay. Uh, but I am fired up for the uh, the PlayStation 4. Uh, it okay. seems like they're going to be doing some touch swiping stuff on the surface oh, of the man. controller. That's exciting. Well, it's there's so Home much too. there's so much software that's out there now that that's part of the game core, you know. So it and the, you know obviously the Ouya is doing that in anticipation of all the Android stuff that you're gonna be able to play on there. Um, and I think it makes sense. I think that makes way more sense than waggling a, a magic wand around or flapping your arms in, 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 uh, in space. I think having some kind of touchscreen uh, technology built under the controller, fantastic. It doesn't look like the DualShock. Yeah, but you know what, like by the time gone. it ships, this is just a fucking prototype that will look like the DualShock. Because Maybe. that is the perfect controller. It in is fact, the perfect controller. I just got a copy of Metal Gear Rising Revengeance for the Xbox 360. I got to take it back and get the uh, PS3 one, because if you want to play a third-person action game, yeah. you got to use the DualShock. Absolutely. If you want to play a first-person shooter, you use the Xbox 360 Well, if you want to play a Metal controller. Gear game, you play it on the PlayStation 3. That's and right. actually, I just put uh, Dead Space 3... I, I had the choice to play either one of those. We didn't review it. We might have to do a second opinion on it, but uh, I chose the PS3 game because it's one disc compared to to the two, in, uh, which is uh, you know a, a quibble. But uh, I don't know. I prefer the idea of having all your software on one on one disc. Are 100%. you enjoying it? I think it's cool so far. I mean, it's it does feel. Um, you know, like a little Mass Effect-y, like, like they've amped up the action like Mass Effect 3 did from 2. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like it's a little less methodical, a little less creepy. It doesn't, it's not scary. And now when I see the... It's not uh, scary, no. Now, now when I see the uh, necromorphs, I just think of me doing the necromorph impression on the set now. You do one hell of <laughs> I mean, that's of a all I see with my arms up in the air now. Nah. It's, it's, it's become ridiculous. Like what was so... Pants soiling like scary. Yeah, now it's in not. the first game. No, no pants were soiled. I finished this game. Yeah, you know that's what happens with <clears throat> this business. Is the when when there's iteration after iteration after iteration, it becomes self-parody. You know, and when I see Iwata doing the same kind of you are hung up on him today. Well, it was just it just feels inauthentic, and I know he works there and he loves his company and he has great respect and admiration and he's probably a, a gamer as much as he can game but it just all feels like they're it it feels artificial it feels like it's like some kind of uh, show that people are putting on as instead of it just being 
this is my art and I really believe in this and this is the stuff that my team and I have been working on and and uh, we really want to take this experience to a whole new area in your brain you know like we really want to lift everything in this in this space up a little bit more and I'd like to see a little bit more of that what I always like and I've seen a lot of speak many times at game developer conference and keynotes and so forth is the undercurrent of cruelty and everything yeah. he talks about because he'll he'll say something like at Nintendo we told our team that they needed to build this game in six months yeah. and the team said that's impossible Iwata and we said uh, that is not impossible you will now build it in four months and he always tells these stories in this way that's very charming he is very charming and then if you listen to what he's saying though if you're on that team you probably were more scared than you were playing Dead Space 3. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, I think that comes across a little bit too, you know? And I don't know, I mean, it works for Nintendo and the, and the software speaks for itself, you know? And it, it, it's all working. I, I just, I guess I, I'm feeling the, the sort of transitional phase that we're in, you know? I feel like everything feels so fragile right now. Good well, news. Uh, you know that that recently happened is gas powered, which we were so worried about with their Wildman uh, Kickstarter not doing any business, as they've just been acquired by Wargaming. Uh, who knows if Wildman, you know, is going to be one of the projects that they get to work on? But at least Chris Taylor and his team uh, now can kind of breathe a little sigh of relief and and get busy working on something new. That's encouraging. Um, you know, I I want to see. I want to see more stories coming out of the game space that, that are encouraging and exciting and, and, and not sort of leaning on the safe, not leaning on, uh, you know, the, the tried and true. And that, that kind of is Dead Space 3 a little bit too, you know? Like it, it, feels, it feels like a great solid game, but it also feels like it's just kind of treading water. It's treading you know? water, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, you're right. I think they, they did play it very safe with this game. They didn't take a chance on anything. Yeah. They took they borrowed a lot from a lot of different games, and you're right, Mass Effect. All I kept thinking about was Gears of War. And that, you know, now all we're talking about is is getting you know a weapon that you're constantly making cooler. You got your cover mechanic. Um, you know, you you start to feel more less like uh, like a guy who's in perpetual terror, who's yeah. in jeopardy constantly, to somebody who slowly grows into a badass over the course of the game. And that's not the vibe that I got from the original Dead Space. You and I went back and took a look at the original Dead Space yeah. recently, and uh, man, what a treat. What a, what, there was something unique and wonderful about that game, and that's all gone now. What we have is sort of a tepid third-person action game that's okay to play, but doesn't really break any new ground. No. And, and that's the, that's and the it's got high production values, and it, it looks Off glossy the charts, and for cool. Sure. Yeah, artwork. And, they spent tons of money making this thing, and tons of money marketing the thing. And I think it's going to be a fun experience. But if you look at Far Cry Three, you know, or Dishonored, they tried to like bust down walls, like with the, these incredible AAA experiences. They tried to just like shake the whole business to its core and say, "Look at how fucking amazing we can make." Well, things. you know, I, I do think sometimes when a game is excellent, I think that this follow-up game can be kind of a victory lap where yeah. you can rest on your laurels. A and it's all worst enemy as well, right? The, like the the success of the first game can crush. Right. and demoralize the ability for the team to, to kind of get it up again. So I will typically forgive a sophomore slump with a yeah. second game. Yeah. But with the third game, I think you have to be breaking new ground again. Yeah. And I think they, they thought that the co-op play, which is the incongruent co-op play, would be more of uh, make, make a bigger splash than I think 
they anticipated. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fun and it's kind of cool that you're seeing one thing on your screen and your buddy seeing something on his screen or yeah. her screen. But it's not that cool, and it's certainly not as groundbreaking as standing in the middle of a big hollowed-out spaceship feeling like you're in the worst haunted house in the universe, which is how I felt yeah. when I played the first game. Well, there was a couple other big titles that just came out, and they, they kind of fit into this discussion a little bit, too, is uh, Metal Gear Rising, Metal Gear uh, Rising Revengeance, uh, which surprised me. I thought it was going to be a bit more cheeseball. I had forgotten that Platinum was the team that was on it. I think we've just been Still focused on so many cheese things. cheeseball. It's fun, man. It's a really fun, solid game. They did game. not skimp on the cheese, though. The cheese is there, and it's always present in Metal Gear stuff, but I, I, I just I love this fusion. I love this idea that uh, uh, Kojima worked with a really solid, fast action team. I think there's a lot of mutual respect across the board. If you look at the production quality of the cutscenes and the... Uh, you know, the overwrought storytelling for sure, but it's just fun to watch this thing and it's candy. It's just so ridiculously enjoyable to be, you know, this this crazy chef cutting through every single thing you can. You cut through tanks and, and helicopters and every single thing that's thrown at you in this sucker. It's great. But, you, you know, I, I kept kind of hoping because the Metal Gear series is overly wordy and it's yeah. an anal series and Kojima is such a control freak that yeah. the, I, I kept anticipating this game because it felt like the long overdue catharsis that the series need. Like this is a chance for this series to fly out of control well, finally. It, and it, I wanted it to fly out of control. And it does cut down on it, a lot of the It does narrative. mostly, but yeah. it, still he can't help himself. Kojima Productions can't help but interrupt the game at inopportune moments and interject Needless bits of info. I know you disagree. And well, we I disagree only in that you can skip through that stuff where it's there if you want to. And when you have the codec calls, I did find myself stopping to talk with the different cast members because they were giving me help, helpful hints about how to deal with bigger characters or boss fights. I think it's it's... You know, not all necessary, but it's cool that it's there. I love the wolf character too, which is something that we didn't talk about in our in our review. What do you love about him? I just love this. Uh, he sounds like Teddy from AI. He's just so droll, and he, he's like, "You stay back. I'm gonna go forward and find out everything that you are gonna run into, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do the scouting and get all the information for you. You stand back there." He's just giving riding shit, you know. And then he goes forward and and I just, the cool character. I mean, you have an, you have a robot dog that uh, you know is giving you helpful hints and information I think that's just clever and fun. I don't find them to be as cool as you do I know you know I, want I feel like a figures. lot of the of course you want all the I want all of the action figures and I want Raiden yeah, in all of, of his different colored costumes because he, he looks cool in this damn thing I, I love you buddy yep. uh, but you know uh, I, I feel like a lot of the dialogue is, is just so tenured I feel like a lot of the, the humor just falls flat putting Raiden in a mariachi outfit. Hilarious! Yeah. <laughs> Those Kojima guys, they really know how to cut loose. I think I think you should pitch them on a on a uh, on an edit. I think that you should you should throw some of your work work their way and see if they'd be sure. interested in having yeah. you write some of their script, man. All I think right. that'd be awesome. All right, I'm I think gonna, that'd be great. I'll be writing Re Revengeance too. There you go. And, you know, uh, you know, the other game that came out that we kind of dodged the bullet on because it was sort of in our lap for a little while was Aliens: Colonial Marines. I still and want to play it. I do too. The same way that you want to see Gangster Squad for some inexplicable reason. Yeah, I still haven't seen Gangster Squad. Maybe that's <laughs> the same weekend we're going to do that. No. But uh, yeah, no, this game is getting roasted alive right now. And I'm, I'm watching people kind of rage and freak out about it on YouTube vids. And they're showing uh, footage of the demo compared to what, what finally came out. 
I feel bad for Randy uh, Randy Pitchford and Randy's the, fine and the Gearbox people. They're fine. They got Borderlands Three. It's already in the works. Yeah, I know, but it's uh, it doesn't speak well of the bullshit that they were feeding people, including on our show. Uh, about the quality of the game. Well, I gathered that bullshit because I went to New York at New York Comic Con and I talked to Randy and I talked to I talked to uh, Lance Henriksen. I talked yeah. to members of the team, and they uh, they believed that they had something really special. Did you know, they? They felt like this was their moment. I mean, they blew it out. They, they yeah. rented a huge party space at Comic Con. We got to have we got to get Randy they on had the show. The face huggers inside yeah. the liquid gel. Like the, this was one of those AAA kind of old school E three parties at New York Comic Con. On, they believed that this thing was going to blow up, and and you know there was one point during the game demo, and I remember I was sitting next to one of our colleagues, Rush Frushdick from yeah. Polygon, yeah. and the guy who was controlling the demo just slowly panned across this alien landscape, and he, and Russ and I just started cracking up because this is always whenever you see a game demoed. The guys that made the game are so excited to show you the world that they've created, and they want to just fetishize this stuff. Yeah. And nobody like, plays a game like must, that. No, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, that's exactly yeah. how I play all my first-person shooters. I just slowly <laughs> pan across the horizon. Oh, you, you know, I always have mad respect for any game that gets built and, and people, you know, These come down on... These guys worked on this for four years. Yeah, actually. I know. And, they, you know, people are always, you know, commenting that I'm too soft and all this stuff. And the reason why I give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt is because I know how difficult it is to build anything. I mean, I'm, I'm a producer. I know how hard it is to get a team together to get something made. And I know that Randy... Uh, like I saw on his interview with Greg Miller on Up at Noon, he was very proud of the work that they put into Duke Nukem. And, you know, I saw Greg kind of hesitate to, you know, call bullshit shit on that or give him shit on that because how can you? Like, they finished something. They got it down. You know, it was, no, it was a terrible game. Job, though, it man. took forever to get the thing out I there. I hear what you're saying, but it's, we absolutely have the, to the, call them on the bullshit. You right do, to their faces. Right to their faces. Randy, I, if you want. I think, I think Randy knows when he's made a good game or not. And I think he knows whether his Aliens game is a good game or not. But I also think he probably feels proud of his team and the TimeGate guys that they worked with that they finished anything, that they got it done, because it's hard. Sure, and but out of all the shit that the human beings create. He has to take his critical lumps, though. He does. You have to take them. I he think knows he, that, too. I think he does. You know what, what's cool about Randy? Uh, at the Dice Awards, he is a, he's an awesome guy. He's one of my favorite people in the business. At the Dice Awards, all these great games are winning awards, deserving their awards. And I, I don't think Borderlands 2 won anything, but Randy tweeted from the awards, awesome show tonight, I have to work harder. And I just thought that was class and truth, and it speaks to the person. And it's uh, you know, like Borderlands Two is a is a magnificent game, and Borderlands One one was as well. And I think their stuff on Brothers in Arms was pretty incredible too. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they're gonna next release an Aliens Colonial Marines, damn right, they got to work hard. I don't think you can just show up and start spraying, you know, your your criticism and your hate everywhere. But if something is flawed, if something yeah. is broken, yeah. you can't just do a patty cake softball interview with Randy and not bring this shit up. Like you can't, yep. it's the elephant in the room, man. These guys, and you're right, I think he knows when the game's bad. I think he'd be shocked if we didn't bring it up. We wouldn't be doing our jobs if we didn't bring it up. And I, I hear what you're saying. It's hard to make this shit. We make stuff here every day that's not nearly as, we make complicated stuff, not nearly as complicated well, we've been having as some, building a video game. Or we've been having movie. some good guests on the show that have worked on some pretty amazing games and we did 
you know, we talked to uh, Warren Spector before Epic Mickey 2 came out. He said he doesn't care about reviews. I know, but I think, I think this is an interesting line here. I think this is something that we should chase down a little bit. Some well, of let's the, find somebody who was in charge of a game that got roasted exactly. by critics. And, and, and let's talk them to them about that What feeling. they knew in advance. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're right, though. They have a team that they have to protect. And yep. They have a team that they have to do right by. He's the face of the company. But, you know, I think after the fact, you know, we're not trying to, like damage stock prices or, or hurt reputations or, or, you know, call people losers or whatever for having a, you know, a game not work out for them. But I think that's an interesting discussion. And I think that would be a great one to have with Randy. Wow. I don't know if it's one that they're going to be so, you know, no. eager to have right away. In but, six months. Yeah, but I think this is cool. I think this is a good idea. We're we're actually brainstorming on the on the podcast right now. That's what podcasts are for, my friend. You know, I do think that there's a bit of a Stockholm syndrome that you've worked on games before. That, yeah. that Stockholm syndrome that sets in when you're building a game because it's so passionate and labor intensive, and you work on it so closely for yeah. so long that um, you work on it. Oh, your mom. 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 Not now. I'm in the middle of making a point. Eight more flapjacks. <laughs> that I, I think sometimes you, you just start, you know, you've been smelling your own farts for so long that yeah. you can't remember what's good. And I think a lot of, a lot of times these guys sh ship their stuff to market and then they're shocked by the results. Well, the truth of it is, is the people that are working their butts off to finish the game, the actual people, the, the coders and the artists and, and the people... Uh, and the designers and, and the, you know, the people moving objects around and the geometry specialists and the level designers. The, like the, the ones that have their fingers deep in the pie of actually putting the pieces together for the mechanics of navigating through that game, they don't have a second in their lives to play anything else. Right, so they lose their sense of context. 100%. And, and, it, and that, that time crunch just expands the closer that they get to finishing their product. So they just have to listen to their designers and to the, to, to the other people that are always reaching out and trying this stuff. But I think it is that absence, that inability to disconnect from Reality the check. work. Yeah. yeah. No, it's that, for sure. That will inspire them, which other artists and other mediums have that. And the filmmaker, you know, we saw Neil Blomkamp at the Prometheus screening that we went to. He's working on Elysium right now. What do you think he took back from, I think, how invaluable was that for him? You know, he's got a film that he's working on. He sees, he sees the production design that Ridley Scott got to do with Prometheus, and he gets to bring that back to his team and his visual effects artists. But I think Incredible. it's something about the medium as yeah. well, because it, it takes 10 to 20 hours to complete a video game. If you're crunching, yeah. you're not going to be able to find those 10 to 20 hours no. to play something, no. you know, to, to Bioshock Infinite, whatever, you're not going to have time until the game is done and it ships. And even when a game ships these days, you and I both know it's not over because the DLC either comes fast or slow. Right. The river still keeps flowing. So these guys never really come up for air for a long time because of the nature of making these things. It requires huge teams, requires days, months, weeks of effort. And we're it just never talking. Ends. We're just talking AAA. Here's a question I've got for you: Should people that are making AAA games only play other AAA games, or that should they be? No, you should play everything. But indies? how do you find the fucking time? That's the question. Like, how do you make time in your life if you're? You know, we, we, we've seen, we've had people in the basement before who are ghost pale from working on games, who yeah. have given, spilled blood to make these things. They when I played Dead Space 3, that game feels like it was made by people that only had time to play other AAA games. Yeah. It feels like a, a collision between Gears of War and Uncharted and, uh, you know, 
the alien movies and and yeah uh, i could see a little pack going around to everyone on the team saying here's gears of war here's uncharted make sure you finish both those and here are the alien movies on blu-ray okay go to work you know now these are the things these these are your creative touchstones for this project i think it's true i think i think because it just so much is expected of these guys but again that's I don't know. I don't know enough about game development to, to really say Dude. how you get that reality check in the middle of making something. We're gonna we're gonna have to record we're the next. We're gonna get to the bottom of this before I take off for New York. But next what week, what are you doing in New York? What's going on? I'm seeing the PlayStation Four. Are you the, sure? At the Sony event. They, I, I mean, if they're flying people to New York and sure they're inviting people in, it's got to be. I mean, it's such a big. I event. I think you're actually going to uh, see PlayStation uh, All Stars Battle Royale Two. Yeah, is that sequel confirmed? You're you're gonna be you're gonna you're actually an unlockable character in the game. You have okay, a, you have a hair spitting attack okay. on people. <laughs> I st- I porcupine hair uh, maneuver them. I stab them with my hair. So I'm jealous you're going to New York without me. I don't know how you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be lost there. You know you don't you don't, you don't have any maps. I know you don't know where that you're just gonna take cabs everywhere like a tourist. Well, I just I, I, I only need to go to the Empire State Building, right? That's it. That's where everything's the, there. That's where the Sony event is going to be right held. at the top of the Empire State. So you'll see Ben Silverman there. Get some good Ben stories for the podcast for okay. next week. We'll do. Maybe, and, why don't and, you and Ben do a podcast from the road? Maybe it, we'll have him on. There. You know, maybe we'll Skype with you. Uh, that would be weird. That would be weird, right? Yeah, I'll be here back at uh, back at the basement. Yeah, and your mom will just be up. So she okay if I just come over? Absolutely. When you're not here? And just find the record button in the dark. You'll probably be able to smell it. Where's the key? Is it in the uh, in the bush? Uh, it's in the it's in the bush. Get it. <laughs> No, I don't get it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Got weird at the end, didn't it? Did, did it did get, get weird. weird. Now yeah. it's awkward. I, I, and we need to go home and play Crisis 3. We have to consume about 10 hours of That's this. That's true. That yeah. sounds like, like a fun time to me. And you know, if you want this job someday, if you guys are thinking about taking I, my place on the show, and, I, and it I could happen. I want this job. Okay. You want this job? I, you want I my it? job? You have to clone yourself. Okay. And then, <laughs> All but, right, what's uh, your advice? But you have to be willing on a Friday afternoon to get a phone call from uh, your producer asking if you could watch all of Game of Thrones Season 2 before Monday morning <laughs> and Man with the Iron Fists and play four games. <laughs> so if you want to have a personal life, you should probably stay in medical school or law school. And, yeah. Uh, you'll do much better. Yeah, screw that. Thanks for listening to Vic's Basement, everybody. All right, I wasn't done talking, but go ahead. I'm just doing the wrap-up part. Okay. What else did you want to say? I'm done. You got into your medic- medical school and stuff. You got into that I didn't that mention time. Hustler at all today. Oh, there you did. All right. right there. Boom, done. We'll Stitcher! see you next time. Thanks for listening.